0: Good morning, Oikos. How are y'all today? How's your Thanksgiving? Awesome. So we are heading into the season of Advent, and uh, and as we transition through Thanksgiving and celebrating the thankfulness of the Lord through Black Friday and into Christmas, it's a new season, and with new seasons often comes new commitments. So maybe some of y'all um, broke a diet on Thanksgiving, and you're ready to to say I'm gonna start that diet again, make another commitment to that. Maybe, uh, maybe there's some um, commitments that you wanna make, like I wanna eat healthier, or run more, or be more thankful, spend more time with family. So Advent is a, a new kickoff to a new season. And, and maybe there's some old commitments that you all have um, that you wanna continue. So maybe those commitments are waking up in the morning, um, getting dressed, looking all nice uh, for work, Maybe it's waking up in the morning and getting kids ready for school, feeding them before you get your life together, and then sending them off to school, and then getting yourself ready. So commitment to kids' education might be in there. Maybe it's commitment to uh, continue growing relationships with your family or spending time with them. Maybe some of you have family with you today, um, but spending that time together. So we're heading into Advent, and so um, I want to talk about commitment today, and so we have all these commitments in our life. Um, we can say job, relationships, children, friends, family, bills, um, sports, um, plays. You can name down the list of commitments that you have made. And I, if you're like me, some of y'all may not be like me, but if you're like me, you don't hold to all those commitments all the time. So how many this week or in the past month have uh, failed to meet a requirement of a, of a commitment? Oh, you are like me. Okay. <laughs> so if you're like me, you also tend to push off commitments because you want to hope for something better, maybe. Um, but for me this week, where I pushed off a commitment, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my relationship with Rachel, but, but in this Week in the last week, too, one way, way that I failed the commitment was, was uh, I like to go to Aggie football games with my parents. And so then Saturdays in September, October, November, that's kind of what we do. We go to games. And so Rachel had uh, started her teaching job at Travis, so she was a sub for two weeks. So we didn't get to spend a lot of time together. And so Saturday was one of the times that we could actually spend together. And instead of taking the initiative to say, Rachel, I want to spend this time with you, I neglected to even tell her I was going to the game until the day before. So she had these great hopes and expectations that we'd spend time together, and I wanted to spend time with her too, but I let an obligation get in the way of that. So I broke a commitment to Rachel. She's my girlfriend. We're committed to each other. We haven't made a promise yet, but we're committed to each other to say, you're important in my life. So I want to treat you as being important. And so that's one failed commitment for me um, this week. And so if you're like me, maybe you also avoid commitment a little bit. Maybe you don't like to commit because things will change if you commit. If you're like me, hopefully you're not like me, but I think some of y'all are, then commitment means you have to make obligations that ties up your freedom. And so we do this often in our relationships with Jesus too. As we will break commitments that we have and we will say, Jesus, I will do these things for you. but then what happens? Break them. Other things get in the way. Um, Maybe some of you are saying, I really want to commit to being a part of our spiritual family here at Oikos. And maybe you're saying, I really want to give more. I really want to pray more for you, Jesus. I would love to do that. I would love to pray more. I want that in my daily routine. Or maybe you're reading scriptures, like, Lord, I really want to do that. I'll do it. Just let the Texans win and I'll do it. <laughs> or maybe it's, it's uh, spending more time with with spiritual family outside of Sunday morning worship. Like, Lord, I really want to go to Devo or I really want to go to missional community. I want to go to covenant family gatherings. I want to do that stuff. But then we forget about it or things get in the way and we just can't do it ourselves. And so I think we do that with Jesus and it also affects our relationships with other people. I really want to be a good father today. I really want to spend time with my children. But my boss asked me to stay late so I want to do that instead. I really want to be a good father, though. But So am I being a good father by providing for them with extra money? Or maybe it's, I really want to, I really want to commit to spending time with my wife or my spouse. But at the end of the day, I just don't have enough time. There's not enough time. There's not enough space. Um, I have other obligations. i got to take kids to school to practice, band practice, sporting events. And at the end of the day, you just don't have enough time. Or maybe it's, it's um, you're just fearful of that. Of maybe it's fearful of making a commitment. That you're going to say that my spouse, my wife, my girlfriend, my boyfriend is the most important person besides Jesus in my life. And it's hard to admit those words. So instead of making that commitment verbally and acting upon it, it's going to let it sit in the background and not really jump into it and say, I'm doing it. I do that all the time, where I will say I want to do something, and then I don't follow through with it. I know that frustrates Aaron, uh, Sylvia, and, and Rachel just a little bit, As I say a bunch of things that I mean to do. I want to do those things. <laughs> I, I, I have things that I want to do. Maybe it's a job that I, I uh, don't follow through on, but those are good things. Those are all good things. And at the end of the day, we make commitments because we intend to follow through with them. Like spending time with your family. We want to do that. I know all of us want to do that. But sometimes we just don't have it in our capacity to follow through. And so we fail in our relationship with Jesus doing this. We also fail in our relationships with each other. So we're going to be in Matthew 16. I'm going to jump all around Scripture today, but we're going to be in Matthew 16. So if you want to turn there in your, in your chair, Bibles, um, Matthew 16, chapter or verses 24 through 27. You can turn there. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and, um, and he is kind of telling them his expectations for a relationship. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. I want to be a follower, but I don't, I don't know if I can do that. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what you do, And what you do, you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul. If anything worth more than your soul, for the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of the Father and will judge all people according to your deeds. Jesus gives a pretty tough expectation, right? If you want to follow me, you got to give up all this stuff. And when I read that, I know I say, I want to do that. Lord, I want to do that. But we don't have what it takes in our capacity to commit to following Jesus. We can have that desire. We can have that Deep yearning to commit to family, to commit to uh, obligations, to commit to spouses, relationships, mom, dad, brother, sister, friends, and family. The Lord has given us that desire because we know that nothing good in us is apart from Jesus. And He's given us family around us, He's given us relationships, He's given us the freedom to step into those things. And he's given us the freedom to make obligations and to make those commitments. But we do not have what it takes to follow through. Because our sin keeps us from doing that. Our sin keeps us from making a commitment and following through with it. There's a bunch of things that will get in your way. There's a bunch of things that will pile up. And actually, I'm going to throw some things out there and if you agree with these things, or this is something that you do, you don't have to raise your hand, but you can. Uh, but internally, think about these things. So, these are some things that get in our way, and hopefully, this will help you identify maybe not um, but identify things that keep you from making a commitment. So, the first one is you feel too vulnerable. That's me. I asked my roommate about this. Um, do I feel too vulnerable in relationships? Or do I do I step into a relationship with the Lord and and actually expose my relationship with him and like let him see into things? And and he was like, Mm, I know you don't do it with me, so I don't think you do it with the Lord either. So we feel too vulnerable sometimes to make commitments. Because we don't like to be wrong about relationships. Because that can tear us up, right? If we enter into a relationship and somebody just hurts you, you don't want a part of it. You close up and say, I'm going to be a little more vulnerable. Or maybe you have had expectations with the Lord where he said, Lord, just heal my mom or just heal my dad. Heal this relationship. Bring this provision to me. Do these things. And you've laid your heart out there and those things don't come true. Or the things don't happen like you wanted them to. And you feel vulnerable and then you just got... Kind of hit a little bit with that. So maybe you feel too vulnerable to commit. Or maybe you feel like there's something better than what you're committing to. Uh, so maybe in a relationship, you want to be with a person, but then you say, "Uh, maybe there's something on the horizon that will come along that will be just a little better. <laughs> or maybe there's something that takes your heart a little more than the thing you want to commit to, and so you're going to hold to the thing that you don't want to let go because it's something better than the than the commitment. A third one is maybe you don't have enough time. Maybe you don't have enough time for your life, and then time with the Lord. Or maybe you have too much time with the Lord and not enough time with your life. So it's hard to commit to... To being a good father or hard mother or commit to being a, a good teacher or a good uh, worker because you just don't have enough time at the end of the day because you're doing too much things. And at the end of the day, maybe space runs out and you would rather sit on the couch than engage, or or maybe you're just tired, and so you want to withdraw back and say, I'll just, you know, retreat because I don't have enough time for these relationships or these things to commit to. I don't have time for Jesus, friends, family because I'm working too hard. Or maybe um, you let the past predict your future. So maybe you are saying, I've been hurt so bad that this is how relationships are going to be and commitments are going to be, so I'm just going to let it fly. I do that a lot. I I live day to day, (laughs) and maybe today will bring something different than yesterday. But if it doesn't, I'm okay with that because I just want to take another step and Go through life and see what happens. Because your past tells you you're not good enough, maybe, for this new commitment. Or maybe the, another one is, it's not important enough. So this commitment that is in front of me isn't important enough to step into. So maybe uh, I just don't see this relationship working out, so I'm just going to not step into Or maybe the relationship with the Lord is, it may not be important today. Maybe it's, I don't think praying is going to do anything, so I'm just not going to do it. It's not a priority. So we fail so much in these commitments, but this is what the Lord has in store for us. This is going to be in Deuteronomy 10. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God. And live in the ways that please Him, and love Him and serve Him in all your heart and soul. And you must obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Look, the hev- highest heavens and earth are, and everything in it, belong to the Lord your God. Yet the Lord chose you, your ancestors, as objects of His love, and He chose you, their descendants, above all nations, as is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn, for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed and ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So what is the Lord requiring of you today? What is the Lord requiring of you today? Is it more time? Is it more vulnerability? Is it seeing that he's the best? What is the Lord requiring from you? See, we cannot make commitments and keep them on our own. But what the Lord does is he remains committed to us. We cannot keep our commitments to the Lord, but he remains committed to us. He doesn't wait for us to prove ourselves. He doesn't wait for us to step into a commitment with him and say, Lord, I'm ready for it. He doesn't wait for us to be perfect before he says, I have set you apart. He does not linger and wait for us to be committed to him. But he chooses us above all nations. He chooses us as an object of love for him. He chooses us above everything, chooses us to be his city, to be his people, and to follow him before we can even do anything ourselves. He says today we are good enough, today we are close enough to him that he's going to say, you are my people and I'm your God, God above all gods, Lord above all lords, and you are mine. And yet the Lord chose your ancestors as objects of his love and chooses you, their descendants, above all nations. So what is the Lord requiring of you today? So in Advent, uh, this is a time that we see the commitment of the Lord in action. And so in Advent, the Lord had promised for since the Garden of Eden <laughs> that, uh, that I was going to send a Messiah. And he may be different than you think, he may be um, something that you don't expect. He may be somebody that's small, quiet. He may be something that is just so far off that you don't can't see it coming. But in Advent, we see the commitments of the Lord in action. And this is in Isaiah uh, verses, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And this is a vision that that Isaiah had seen. And this was 700 years before Jesus had come, before Jesus was born. This was 700 years prior. And in that, um, the the city of Jerusalem was just getting ransacked and destroyed. And and this is the promise that the Lord gives in the midst of all of that craziness, all that hecticness. This is a vision that the Lord had given Isaiah about the kingdom that was going to come. This is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last day, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. So this is foretelling of what the kingdom of God is going to look like. In Advent, we know that Jesus has already come, but we are celebrating what he's going to do again. We're celebrating that Jesus has said, God has said, I'm going to come to my people again. And in this promise of Isaiah, he says it's going to be a peaceful place. The new kingdom that I'm going to establish is going to be a peaceful place. There will be comfort. There will be no more war. There will be no more time. There will be no more Um, hecticness, but he's going to come in and say there will be peace and comfort. And he will invite us into his home and people will see that home and look at it and say that is the center of all creation. And Jesus is committed to making us part of that family where we get to sit in that peace. We get to sit in that hope. We get to sit in that, that grace that there's no more war, no more famine, but the Lord is going to invite us and show us that we are part of his family, and that he's going to establish a kingdom that we cannot expect. And so in Advent, we are anticipating the coming of Jesus because we know what he brings. So all of y'all here today, maybe most of y'all here today, at least have heard of Jesus. And he's the Messiah. And this prophecy that Isaiah gave 700 years before he was born is showing us That Jesus and God is committed to us. That he doesn't just give lip service with his promises. He doesn't just say things just to maybe they come true. But he's the Lord of Lord and God of gods. And he is saying these things are going to come true. And that's proven through his son Jesus. And we know that with Jesus, there comes Life. We know that where Jesus is, there's provision. And in Advent, the Lord is saying, here it is. Here is everything for you, including my son. And because the Lord has committed to us, we can be excited about this relationship. And because the Lord has committed to us, we get to see what commitment really looks like. That with Jesus, commitment means I will be a God born into human form, so I will humble myself in front of every creation, every bit of creation. And you see with Jesus that he will humbly walk through life and teach us and speak to us his words of grace, love, and acceptance. And he will give us a way to eternal life through his death and resurrection. And of course, with, with Advent, we don't always think of Jesus dying. We think of him being born. But the Lord has come, been born of a baby in human likeness, in human form, and now we get to, to see it a part of, and be a part of that. And then Jesus, again, will say, I'm committed. I'm committed to you, even death on the cross and that there doesn't have to be any obstacle again, that even though you can't commit, even though you make all these things that you say and do and want to do and want to promise, that the Lord will die and give us a relationship with the Father once again. And so in Advent, we get to celebrate that coming of Jesus, that the kingdom is here because the King has come, and the King is here, and heaven is near because Jesus has come and he is near. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for being our God and committing to us even in times where um, we want to commit and we just don't know how. Or we say we do want to do things, but we fail. And so thank you for showing us what perfect commitment looks like. That you're willing to die for us, be born in human likeness for us. (coughs) That you're willing to give up everything and come down and and uh, and be with your children and so thank you for giving us that access um, to you and being near and close in times that that are just sometimes um, hard we love you and we trust you and we thank you for the blessing of your birth and also we ask your name Lord amen.